0: Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. This is the podcast where we talk about building a better kind of online business one that has less of all the things we don't like, moving parts, high overhead, less of all that junk, and more of the things that we do like, building the kind of business that is better suited for you. But I have to admit, having talked about this topic for so long now, I started this podcast back in 2017, I realize now that the low-stress business models, the low-stress business types, even those seem to have more stress today connected with them than they have in the past. I believe it's because we are living in a world of increasing stress. And that's not a good thing. And no matter who you are, you have to learn how to deal with stress on every level, not just in business. So if you think about something, if something breaks or goes wrong or happens in the middle of your day that you weren't expecting, and it needs your immediate attention, that means it causes a domino effect on everything else that was supposed to happen in that day. And if you had a lot of things going on, then suddenly a, your day becomes stressful. Your week becomes stressful. And we see more of this kind of thing happening, I think, now than I remember in the past, even with no stress, low stress type businesses. There really isn't a no stress kind of business things are always going to go wrong but there's businesses that you and I are better suited for most definitely than others now i know people that they want to avoid dealing with people at all costs so whatever type of business model they're going to pursue online they want it to be the kind where they have to deal with people minimally so for example maybe somebody would email them from time to time and say hey i want to place an ad on your site or i want to do something and and you have that communication with them up front, and then that's it. You don't communicate with them again until the ad is canceled or something of that nature. I have a few websites like that, one in particular where people place ads. I talk to them in the beginning, and then I don't talk to them until they cancel their ad at the end. But even with what I do, I notice that a lot of the focus of my own marketing revolves around communication. So I communicate with people more so or more than the average marketer does or business owner does on the front end. Because I've learned that investing that extra time in the beginning so that people understand what I'm saying and as well as what I'm not saying, getting on the same page, all of that communication goes a long way towards providing a smooth experience going forward. I notice a lot of problems, whether we're talking about business problems or personal problems, come back to a lack of communication. Other problems have to do with things and other causes of stress are beyond our ability to control. So we can control our communication. We can control what it is that we do up to a point. I mean, things break. We use tools that aren't 100% 100 of the time. We make decisions that do not turn out due to circumstances that are beyond our control the way we want them to and all of those things. But... Recently, I've heard more people talk, talking about wanting to get out of the services business. And even if you've heard people say in the past things like, I'm tired, uh, I want to scale my business. I'm tired of trading time for money. And a lot of times they get into another different type of business model. Maybe it's something they start on the side as a side hustle that they're looking to build that involves a different type of approach to making money online in other words less stress smaller overhead all the things like we talk about on this podcast however i've noticed even in those areas it seems like there's more stress today than there has been in the past and one of the things that really stood out to me over the last month was that i've heard more people who are website designers website developers these are a lot of these people are getting older I don't want to say what getting older means by putting a number on it, but maybe they've been in the field for a while and selling digital services, and they're, a lot of them are talking about becoming a marketing consultant, that that's what they want to do because they're afraid that website development will not be uh, around maybe 10 years from now because AI will be able to do it. Well, this is an argument that goes way, way back, long before anybody really thought of AI from a realistic standpoint. This goes back into the 80s when people began to wonder if there's going to be a future for graphic designers because PCs and clip art and stock art would make the the graphic designer obsolete. Now, fast forward from the 80s until today, 2023, and you have to ask yourself, are graphic designers obsolete? I would argue that graphic designers are more plentiful today than they've ever been before. At any time in history, and that's because graphics design, those things have more um, application today, especially with the online world, as well as the offline world, than they did in the past. I mean, just think about how many businesses are online today, as compared with maybe even 10 years ago, or definitely 20 years ago. And that number is not going to get smaller at any time in in the near future. So I would say that graphic designers definitely do not have to worry about having a future. Now, now, know if you're in graphic design, you may say, well, yeah, Jim, that's easy to say, but look at the way AI is. There's more people using AI today than in the past. And, you know, I look at it like this. It depends on who your clientele is, because the people that can't afford you, they probably wouldn't hire you anyway, because they're going to use stock art or clip art or a template or something like that. And you could always serve those people by creating templates for them. And even the people that use the AI, it's just like any other type of graphic tool. Maybe they're not going to get the result that they're looking for. So the there are designers and there are non-designers. And the fact that there are non-designers, I think that there will always be, at least in the business space, enough people to warrant there being graphic designers going forward in the future. That said, I will say this, that the graphic designers of the 90s made a lot more money, even by today's standard, than they do today. So on a high high end, like if you were working for corporate America back in the mid-80s, uh, graphic designers were b- being billed at, out at over $100 an hour. And these are designers that worked 40-hour weeks. So we're not just talking about you know, pumping up the price of a project. We're just talking about their hourly rate was set at $100 on the low end in the corporate world. I know that because that's the world that I came into out of college. And I was being billed at billed out at over $100 an hour. And that was in 1988. 1988, I was being billed out. and as, And that's as a junior designer. Coming into some, my background was in design and marketing, and then I put all my emphasis on marketing. I'm saying all this because there are people that look from where they are into the horizon and they see blue skies and green grass over there, and they look at what they have and they become unhappy with it, not realizing that leaving what they have and moving on to something else. As that old saying goes, the grass isn't always as green as it looks on the other side of the tracks. And so being a marketing consultant is not a less stress relaxing type of profession. A matter of fact, after being a marketing consultant myself now for a while, I would say that providing a service online, whether you're going to design something or whether you're going to Whatever type of digital service you could think of, I would say being a marketing consultant in comparison with that. Now, being a good marketing consultant, you definitely can get a higher dollar per hour mark. You're definitely looked at as maybe um, uh, it's more of a prolific title. I'm a marketing consultant. Sounds a lot better than saying some of the other things that you could say, right? But the reality is, is that it's certainly more stressful if you're going to be a consultant professional in this area than most people realize. That's what I want to talk about today because more people I see, I want to get out of web design, I want to become a marketing consultant, I want to get out of social media, I want to become a marketing consultant. They see that the profession from a rose-colored lens. I'm going to tell you exactly what it goes into it today, what it's like And yeah, I've been able to make some big money being a marketing consultant, but the only reason why I was able to make that money is because I lived, breathed, and ate the the strategy and everything that went into it, as well as overseeing the pieces. So it took everything I had and have to be a successful marketing consultant, whereas with other types of services, it may take 50% of my energy But being a marketing consultant requires 100%. And there's like no end in sight for that. I'm not saying that to throw water on your future ambitions. If you want to become a marketing consultant, I'm just going to talk to you about what goes into it today. But before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by two of my very own marketing resources. Number one is the Digital Strategist Newsletter. You can find that. That's my monthly newsletter. It comes out at the end of every month, usually at the 23rd or the 24th. It's available at jimsnewsletter.com. That's jimsnewsletter.com. Go ahead, sign up. Back issues are available there as well. And the one-to-many system, which is my big course, this program gives you a complete scalable marketing strategy, something you can have for the rest of your life, a system along with a website that supports that system, and the content creation pieces so you can finally put everything together. It's the culmination of my entire um, experience in doing business, I guess you could say. 25 plus years, Been a long time. Anyway, that's available at onetoManySystem.com. That's onetoManySystem.com. Go ahead and check that out when you have some time. So, the role of, first of all, consider this you're an individual, you're a solo consultant. It is kind of a prominent type of label, I guess. But some people perceive consulting as more of a passive endeavor. In other words, you have a template, you hand people the template, they do what you say, you correct them, and they succeed or they don't succeed. And that, that approach is applicable about one out of every 100 times. Because it's not just the ability to offer standard advice to people like the ABCs and then go ahead and do that and get some type of incredible result. And people are going to happily pay you hundreds or thousands of dollars a month for you doing that for them. They won't. So uh, being a solo digital marketing consultant is, it is an engaging profession, I'll tell you that. Um, And there is a dynamic element to it. Because if you do what you do right, and everything turns out right, the things that are within your power, as well as the things that aren't, then not only do the companies that you're strategizing and helping make a lot of money but you make a lot of money but this is like being a coach on a professional team because nobody cares if you won the championship the last 4 years running the only thing that matters is this year this season this game and so all of that can be erased with one bad season and you can be gone now this is an ever changing Ever evolving landscape because the solo consultant, they don't, the ones that work successfully do not settle for a one size fits all type of solution. Now, I believe in templates, I believe in not making it harder than it needs to be, but it's easy to take a templated solution and bring it into a business that you know because it's your business. That's a completely different situation than taking the same template in your business and making it fit into someone else's business because the fact of the matter is you don't understand that business the way they do. And so in order to understand someone else's business, you have to deep dive into what each of your clients have because each of your clients, while they may face similar challenges, their challenges are unique to them, their target audience and industry trends, where in the world they're located, and all of this stuff. So once you understand your clients' unique challenges, which takes time, once you understand their target audience, which takes a little time, and once you dive into industry trends, especially if it's an industry you're not familiar with, then you can take all of that knowledge and you can whittle it down into a specific tailor-made strategy to help your clients succeed. Now, Picture this. You have a solo consultant helping a local restaurant chain grow its customer base. How do you start? Well, the first thing that happens is you have your initial sit-down meeting, and you're going to have to conduct thorough research. This means you're going to have to ask a lot of questions. And the problem with asking questions is that you're going to have to, if possible, talk to several people in that organization because one person, even the owner of the business, has their own specific focus on how they're relating to what's happening in their day-to-day lives. And so it's kind of like looking at a mountain. You just don't want to look at it from like the north. You want to look at it from the uh, north, the east, the south, and the west. You want to look at it from all different angles before you come up with a strategy on how you're going to scale it. And so one of the things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to conduct research, which means you're going to have to analyze what people call performance metrics. And you're going to have to analyze things like uh, keywords and keyword popularity. And and I'm not trying to make this more difficult to confuse you or to make you feel bad about it. I'm just trying to be realistic about what goes into it. And so sometimes it will take me a good two months to feel somewhat comfortable with my understanding of that business as a whole. And oftentimes it can take me up to a year to really say I feel comfortable with what I need to know about this company. Now you multiply that times four or five different companies that you may be working for at any given time and that's a lot of headspace that you have to set aside to doing this kind of work. But before we take any kind of action, you have to spend time listening to your clients goals. You have to clearly define what their objectives are so that you're both on the same page. And then you have to use all of the data-driven information to see if those things match up or not. A lot of times people want to rank for words that other people aren't even searching for (laughs) to get to their website when it would be easier to just use what they're already popular for and make that more popular in order to move the needle. Because let me put it this way, you can can offer your services for thousands of dollars a month, hundreds of dollars a month, uh, whatever you want. But you only have so many months of doing that until the person who's footing the bill needs to see, or the organization that's footing the bill, to see the, the needle moving in the direction they want to move it in. Now, it would be one thing if you told them upfront that usually we don't see any type of movement for um, 90 days. And that's part of the sales process. I know a lot of times, a lot of consultants will lock their clients in for six months, a year, um, somewhere in between that, because they know that by day number 60, the person's not going to be seeing any kind of return at all on their investment. They don't understand the, the mechanics of what's happening behind the scene. And so they're going to get a little bit antsy. They're going to get a little bit concerned about their investment and they'll pull the plug. You know we don't live in a society that is exactly happy with long-term results, until we actually live through, and get to that long term. You know if you're if you have success with something today and it took you two or three years to get to where you are today, then of course you might be happy with the long-term result. But don't tell me that you are okay with going six months and not seeing any movement, even if you weren't expecting to see movement, even if they told you you're probably not going to see it there's still a part of you that questions, is this really gonna work or am I just getting ripped off? And it doesn't make any difference if the person that is writing the check is a millionaire or not. We all think the same way, we wanna see results sooner rather than later. And so the world of of digital marketing and for digital marketing consulting, it's all about um, staying agile, analyzing data, delivering personalized recommendations, and so there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. So just be aware up front, if this is what you want to do, this is what you're this is what the future is going to look like for you. Now I'm sure we can say the same thing about your own profession. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into being a designer. You know, I know designers that that I guess the word meditate or visualize would be good words to use about what the final product will look like for days or even weeks on end before they actually sit down and go ahead and start to the creation process. They live in their head, they're looking around and they don't and when when the when it suddenly hits, when the inspiration hits, it hits, but it takes some people a while. So if you don't really can you teach that to someone? I don't know. I guess it's different with different people, but the point of it is this, when we're looking at digital marketing consulting or it can be any kind of consulting, you're going to create a customized strategy for each of your clients. Now, if you're an author and you want to create a template for one type of industry and knowing that once the person uses your template, then they're going to have to make some adjustments. Like I said, I believe in templates, but if someone's hiring you as a consultant, they want to take a step above the template. They want personalized help. They want someone that understands them and their businesses, specifically someone who... It's almost like having a trainer in the corner or a coach in the corner. Think about professional fighters in the corner. They have a trainer. They have a team in the corner and that those people work with them. The head trainer works with them preparing them for each fight. It's kind of like that in the business world when you have a consultant working for you. They're there in between rounds to help patch you up to adjust the strategy to make sure that you're following the instructions, they can see things that you can't see because they're looking at the they're looking at the game from the outside looking in. There's things that you can see that you can't see when you're on the field of play or when you're in a boxing ring or whatever sport that you want to talk about. There are things that people can see happening that the people participating can't see happening because they're not they don't have that vantage point to look at it. And so, as a consultant, that's what you do. You invest a substantial amount of time and effort into understanding each of your clients' unique business challenges, their target audience, the industry landscape. And then you do your analysis. You get the data. You're able to take all of those things, crunch the numbers, create a tailored strategy that aligns specifically with your clients' goals. The other thing is there's so much data analysis and performance tracking tools out there today. You have to find the ones that you feel comfortable with. As an example, a consultant running a pay-per-click advertising campaign for an e-commerce store, they keep a close eye on key metrics like click-through rates, conversion rates, and the return on ad spend, also known as ROAS. And by identifying underperforming keywords or underperforming ad copy, then they use that data to make adjustments. So the consultant is there to maximize the campaign's return on investment. But it does start with an in-depth client assessment. It does go from there to defining clear goals and objectives. And one of the things that becoming a consultant, what it did help me do was, now understand I did consulting before I hung the, the shingle out that I was a consultant. I was asked by other people if they could pay me to consult for them. That's how I became a consultant. Now, I always wanted to be a consultant, but as it turned out, I was making money back in the day, doing um, simple websites, simple SEO, writing press releases, getting companies publicity, doing all of that. That's what I did a lot of all the way up to about 2007. But as I was going through that time, other people started noticing what I was doing. And so they would ask me, matter of fact, a consultant client of mine asked if they could pay me to be a consultant to consult with them for a few hours for some problems they had. They recognized as a consultant that they didn't want to just waste my time talking on the phone. It wasn't right for them to you know, do that kind of thing. Now, I understand you have friends. Maybe you want to spend four or five hours talking to your friend. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that or family member or whatever. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't be charitable and do it. But if you're going to do it as a business, you have to charge people for the time right? that you're going to spend with them. And so she asked me if I would consult for her. And that's great. When other people recognize something in you and they say, hey, why don't you do this? But still, it took a lot of time for me to become comfortable with which tools am I going to build my consultancy around and which tools am I going to stay away from? So I decided to stay away from things like paid advertising and pay per click. And it's not that I don't want to learn those things. It's not that I'm never going to use them for myself. It's just that I don't want to learn these things on such a level that I feel comfortable giving advice to other people on what they should be doing. Now, I know some of you out there, you never feel comfortable giving people advice. You live with constant, um, what what was that called? Imposter syndrome. I know you live with that. Some people ask, have you ever lived with that? I think we all have at one time or another. At the very least, I know what it's like to pretend to be confident when inside I'm not, I don't have any idea what's going to happen next. That was my my first experience with uh, imposter syndrome. But I've been doing this long enough now where I realize I can't know everything. And I don't need to know everything. I just need to stay with my strengths. And when the client's needs goes outside of my area of strength, then I need to suggest that they hire other people. And I've done that before. I've had people that because they were comfortable with who I am, And you're going to have the same thing, too. People are going to be comfortable with who you are. They'll ask you to do things that maybe you're not even really that good at simply because they'd rather have you be the person to do it, to do that job, because they're comfortable with you. And as great as that is, when it comes time to getting the job done, don't you want to get the best result possible for people? And some of the time, that will mean handing the ball off to someone else. So in the big picture, the consulting world is anything but passive. And the closer we look at the world of digital marketing consulting, then it becomes evident that it's far from being a passive activity, no matter how much experience you do or do not have. Consultants invest a considerable amount of time and effort to understand their clients' needs, researching things like the market dynamics and formulating a customized strategy for each individual business. And this is the active approach, and it's what sets them apart as being a result-driven type of individual that can help a business thrive in the digital space. So there's a lot of pros that go with being a digital marketing consultant. I don't want to make you think that it's all hard work, but there are some advantages. Number one is that you're aware of what happens in the digital landscape as an independent person, perhaps more so than the average business person. And knowing that you know more about what's going on because it's relative to what you're doing on a daily basis, it's very fulfilling because you know that you're not going to fall behind because part of your job description involves you doing the things that will prevent you from falling behind behind. So you have full creative control. You have insights into things that most people don't. You don't have a team to answer to. You get to call the shots. You can explore innovative ideas. You can craft specific marketing campaigns that will truly make you appear to be a maestro, if you will, especially when things work out. There's no feeling like somebody telling you, whatever you want to do, just go ahead and do it. I'm so happy I hired you. We're making more money. So you don't get that with a lot of the other types of digital services, types of businesses that are out there. Next, quick decision making. Because when you work for yourself as a solo entrepreneur, you're also able to make decisions lightning fast. You don't have to wait around for approvals. And that carries over when you're getting results for most of your clients too. Most of your clients will tell their employees that when it comes to this, do what you say and it'll work great. You actually feel like you're in partnership with the companies that hire you. When you spot a a new trend or an opportunity, you can act on it super fast without having to cut through any red tape more often than not. So, being a solo marketing consultant does come with some pretty good perks. Now, there of course are the cons to being a marketing consultant. So, if you're going to look at one side of the coin, you have to be you have to be fair and look at the other side too. It can be a thrilling journey watching your ideas come to life, especially when if you're working for a company that has tens of thousands of dollars to spend on marketing every month. It's amazing to see your ideas just come to life. But there are things such as workloads and time management that can really weigh you down sometimes because when you're working with multiple companies, that you're juggling all these different responsibilities. You're trying to balance the different client projects, the different marketing efforts, and all the administrative tasks that go with that. It can be overwhelming at times because you have to meet with people and meetings fall through and times change. So effective time management becomes more important than ever. For myself, I just decided after doing this for so long that I'm only gonna work with so many clients at a time because just taking out on one more client sometimes can be enough to make all of the projects begin to trend downwards because you only have so much mental bandwidth at any given day to deal with things that require you to be on top of your game. Next we could look at limited resources. Now as an individual marketing consultant it's different than if you work with let's say a larger consultancy type of uh, agency business. If you have an agency and it's a consulting agency, then you have other consultants working underneath you. And you're kind of like the head consultant. It's almost like having a law firm, and you have your senior partners, and then you have your junior partners, and then you have paralegals doing the work for the junior partners. But if you have a big marketing consultancy, then you have a lot more resources to pull from, and you can step away from projects if something happens Like, for example, if you're not feeling well, someone can step in and you're not missing a beat. But when you're doing all of this yourself, it's kind of like being, if you want to look at the law as an example, like being in a law firm with talented attorneys or just being a single attorney working for yourself. Which brings us to number three isolation and burnout. Working solo, no matter what you do, can sometimes lead to feelings of being isolated and then you're not as happy doing the work as you normally would be because you don't have colleagues to share ideas or bounce thoughts off of. And one of the things that really helps, at least does me, um, and it's never really been a big deal for me because I grew up as an only child without any brothers or sisters. So I learned to deal with isolation right right off the bat. But if, you know, you pick up the phone or you send someone a text or you send someone an email, create a video for them, have a discussion online, those things are important. They, they can boost your spirits. They can put you in touch with other people who have different ideas, different outlooks on things. I guess it's kind of like old-fashioned networking, but doing it online, you can do that, and that will really help you in that area when you find yourself in a place where you need a little bit of human interaction. Uh, the pressure to deliver, I know it leads some people to burnout, and that's why I think that you know, in the past, when you're doing anything that requires results, sometimes I put an unnecessary amount of pressure on myself to be successful, because my first thought going in was that, oh my gosh, if I lose this client, they're going to take all of this money with them, and so I want to make sure I retain the client. But then I had to find a balance uh, for it, and I use a spiritual approach to do this, which is different than maybe some other people do, but it works for me. And I simply pray and I ask God to send me the people that I'm a good fit for and they're a good fit for me and that everybody will be blessed by this connection that they're gonna do well and that I'm going to do well. And that's the way I've run my uh, business specifically like that, especially in in these later years, because I've learned what it's like sometimes to just see a number there and try to make the person fit because I wanted that income, or needed the income, but they were just a poor fit, and it wound up not turning out uh, the way i had hoped it would. Um, Next is, we could look at the skill diversification. If you're a solo consultant, in a way, you're an all-in-one package. So it's one thing to give the advice, but it's another thing to be able to execute. And that's part of the cons, because sometimes no one can execute quite the way you can, if you're a solo person, and you understand the strategy from the inside out, it can be done, but you know, you may find yourself wearing different hats. So sometimes you might be focusing on things like SEO, and you're wearing that hat. Other times content creation, which I, in my opinion is kind of like the new SEO anyway, and you're doing that. Other times it's social media. Other times it's analytics. Other times it's email marketing. And all of those things can be a lot to handle for one type of person. However, I kind of think that if you're in business today, anyway, online, you're going to, you're going to learn how to do those things, even if it's the basics, because this is the way the online world has changed over time. You have to understand a little bit about SEO and content creation. You have to understand a little bit about social media. You have to understand a little bit about analytics. And today, There are eBooks that you can buy, white papers that you can download that will teach you how any specific thing works step by step by step. And even though you might not retain it all the first time that you read it, there's nothing wrong with diversifying your skills and letting them grow naturally over time. Because in the big picture, whether you're looking at doing this or something else or a combination of things, every journey has its ups and downs. And being a solo digital marketing consultant is no exception to this. But with the right strategies and a a positive mindset, you can overcome these challenges and be successful as a digital marketing consultant. Yes, it comes with its share of challenges, but so does everything else. I just want to say if you're currently a service provider, being a consultant from your current vantage point may seem like the grass being greener on the other side of the fence. In some ways it is because I think that you can command more money as a marketing consultant than you can as, let's say, a web developer or social media manager or something like that. But also you have to realize that your suggestions, if they don't move the bottom line, then your client relationships can be very short-lived. And the other thing that comes with suggesting suggesting to someone what they should or shouldn't do, regardless of what it is, everything comes down to execution. And your clients may not have the manpower, the staff, or the training to do many or most of the things that you're going to suggest they do at the level those things need to be done at. And so that will come back to you again to either do those things yourself or outsource to the people who can get the job done. And a lot of times people just don't have the budget and it depends who your clients are, to be able to pay those kind of fees ongoing for long enough for you to be able to move the bottom line. So a lot of things, there's a lot of things to take into consideration there. I can oversimplify it by just saying this, if your clients are making a million dollars a year or more, then those are the types of clients that a consultant is a better fit for than, let's say, someone who is a smaller local business. Not that you can't help them, but all of the strategies and the plans that need to be implemented need to be implemented by skilled people, and all of these things do take a little bit of time. Even if it's just setting up the automations, all those things take time. Time is money, and some people may not have the budget to be able to hire you as a consultant and be able to pay the people needed to do all of the things that you're going to be suggesting that they do from the position of being a digital marketing consultant. For example, you work with, let's say, a solo electrician or solo plumber versus working with an electrician company with four or five trucks out on the road or the same thing with a plumbing company. I'm just using those two as examples right off the top of my head. One sees millions of dollars pass through Course, they have their overhead too, and the other one doesn't. So, which one do you think you'd be able to move the needle for coming from the place of being a consultant? Obviously, the bigger company, it's always going to be that way because they have the manpower to do it, they have the resources to do it, they can pay to have the job done right. Whereas, when we look at the smaller businesses, nothing wrong with being a small business, right? You're one yourself, but you realize from being a smaller business that. Well, you need to have the budget to be able to pay to do some of these things and do them properly. And you may not be at that place yet. And so you may have to come at this from a completely different angle, which is one of the reasons why I talk about building a personal brand so often during this podcast. Because as a personal brand, you have a completely different type of business model that you're working within. Yes, you may be providing services. Yes, you may be doing consulting. But at the end of the day, it's your personal brand that will increase the value of all of the things that you do across the board, plus open up the doors for opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise. Maybe you're going to be a product creator, create digital products or trainings of some kind, or maybe you're going to be an affiliate for some kind of a higher end product. You know, you know, with all these things that we've talked about over the course of time on this podcast. So, all right, I think I'll leave you there that's plenty of information for you to sift through. I didn't mean to be, I don't mean to rain on anyone's parade who think that they need to get out of the service industry because it's just too much work and they want to do something simpler like consulting. Believe me, it's not simpler. If I look at the two now, having done this long enough, if I can only do one, which one would I do? Great question. It's a great question because whenever you do something long enough, you get tired of it. So I really can't make that decision. I I can't really pick one. I really can't say which one is easier. I would have to say, if you really just twisted my arm, that providing services is easier, takes less energy overall than being a consultant. So there, I, I said it. So that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead. As always, share the episode link with them. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever else you may be or send them to jimgaleano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes can be found there as well. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later.